Hello and welcome to the Relationship Anxiety Podcast. I'm your host, Mikkel, and today we are talking about love ability. Hi friends, what's up? Welcome to the podcast today. Some fun, exciting things over here in our lives is we have, um, we confirmed our baby is a girl, which we are very, very excited about. Um, and officially can feel her kick and move around, and um, husband has even been able to feel her, which is so fun. Um, like the most magical thing I didn't expect. And anyways, it's been a lot of baby talk around here. And I've had some of you reach out and ask about my maternity leave and if there will still be podcasts. And yes, don't worry. There will still be podcasts, and I have some things coming your guys' way, so there there will be support even while I am taking time off and just being with my family, but know that this podcast will still be here for you, so I got you guys. Um, I want to talk today to you guys about love ability, and I want to use it a little bit differently than the sense we normally talk about it. Which is normally when we talk about lovability is we talk about um, like some the quality of a person to be whether they're lovable or not. Like whether, whether we are able to love them. It's a quality that that person has. So we might say that a baby is just very lovable. Um, or a puppy or a certain person because of their personality, it's just a very lovable person, meaning easy to like. Um, and I want to talk about lovability in a different sense, which I've learned from my coach, Brooke Castillo, where um, the coach I got trained through. And one of the things she talks about is how about love ability, <laughs> as in the ability to love. That lovability isn't just a trait that someone possesses, but that lovability is a skill. We have the ability to love someone. Often when we think about love, we tend to just believe that it is this quality that this other person has earned. So because of their kind personality, they are just so lovable. We put the responsibility for being loved on the object of the affection. So if you fear that your partner doesn't really love you, you might go to extra efforts to make yourself more lovable. You might try to be extra kind and extra nice to them. Or you might try to always say the perfect thing or to keep up on the house and keep the house spotless. If you notice any flaw within yourself, you might try to hurry and get rid of it and try to hurry and fix it so that you can make sure that you stay worthy and deserving of that person's love, that your partner's love doesn't leave. Or on the flip side, if you fear that maybe you don't have the right partner or they're not good enough, you might question their lovability. You might question if this person is truly deserving 
of being loved by you. That perhaps there's someone out there that it just might be easier with or it might just be more natural to be able to love. But I want you to think about a brand new baby or a puppy or something that you just find really cute and adorable and easy to love. A baby hasn't really done anything in order to be worthy of love. They haven't earned it at all. (laughs) They haven't created a love from their parents by being better than other babies or being a more lovable baby than other babies. (laughs) We just love them. And if we have someone who maybe doesn't love a baby or chooses to not take care of their baby or neglect it, that doesn't tell us anything about the baby. If the parent chooses to not love and take care of their child, it tells us more about the parent than the baby. We could take the most adorable, cute, fluffy dog and have an owner that's just like, nope, hate this dog, don't want it, right? And they won't take care of their dog. Or just people that don't like dogs, right? Tells us nothing about that dog. It tells us about the owner. Every baby, every human comes to this earth 100% worthy of being loved. 100% lovable. And I think innately most humans feel that. They feel that unconditional love towards their children. Now, as we grow up as people, we start expecting more. We maybe might have our parents or friends or family members start putting conditions on whether or not they love us. Again, as a baby, like zero expectations of you're doing literally nothing. Your only job is to be here and let us take care of and love you. And then maybe as we grow older, some of us might have learned that we had to get good grades or do well at a certain sport in order to earn approval or earn love from our parents. We might get some strings attached to it, but in the end, at the core of it, who we truly are is that human being who's born into this world with absolutely zero expectations other than to just live and to be something, someone for your parents to love. So our lovability, our worthiness of being loved is 100%. Whether or not other people love us tells us about them. I think about how God is the example of loving so perfectly and Christ and how no matter who we are, no matter what you've done, is that love comes unconditionally. And I don't think that that love tells us anything about who we are as a person. It tells us about God. It tells us about Christ, and it tells us about their character as a person. Whether or not you love someone tells us more about you than the person 
who's receiving your love. It tells us about the skill or the ability you have to love. Now, why is this so important to recognize? Because, one, I think so often we have this desire we, when someone else doesn't love us, when someone else chooses not to love us, I think our innate reaction is to take it personally. Especially in a romantic relationship, if we have someone choose to leave us or we've been broken up in the past, we might make it mean that we're not good enough, that something's wrong with us. We might use it as a reason to try to eliminate flaws within ourselves. When really... That breakup doesn't say anything about our worthiness of being love. It tells us about that person's ability to love you. About that person's choice. Nothing about you and who you are. Or on the flip side, we might look for reasons not to love our partner. We might want to find someone that love just comes really naturally with and really easily and we don't have to think about it. And it just happens. So we might come up with excuses to not love that person. We might find their flaws. We might find things that are wrong with them or try to eliminate their flaws and try to fix them. So other people like them, so other people will love them. Or so we can love them more. But again, if other people choose not to love your partner, it tells us more about them and their preferences, what they like, what they dislike, their capacity for love, than it tells us about your partner. Or we might find within our healthy, good relationship, this person that maybe sometimes is not as easy as we hoped to love. That sometimes it feels challenging. Sometimes it feels hard. Sometimes we have negative emotions towards them. And our brain might offer to us that there's someone out there it would just be easier with. That loving would just happen so naturally for us. And that can be so tempting to believe because our brain wants Ease. It wants natural security. It doesn't want to have to learn something new or hard. But so often we might find the very things that we get annoyed with or struggle loving our partner for in this relationship, we move on to the next one only to be bothered by the same things. Or to maybe be wishing that our new partner had some of the traits of our last partner and wishing they had those things to make them more lovable. And that there's new traits that we found in this new person that makes it hard for them to love. Any human being we're with, we can find reasons to not love them. We can find flaws within them. And so we can live our life in search of finding some perfectly lovable person or trying to be a perfectly lovable person. Or we can use the opportunity of being with an imperfect person and strengthening our ability to love someone. 
strengthening that skill. Why would we choose to do that? One, I think it's a huge opportunity for growth. I think ultimately it's one of the purposes of this life is for us to learn how to love more fully, to learn how to love more like God. So to be able to increase your own capacity to love and be able to really become that best version of you who is able to see good in others, who's able to love others more. And I think as we increase our ability to love, we are able to generate more joy. We're able to catch moments and glimpses of feeling unconditional love. And that is such an amazing thing that we get to experience. Now, I don't think any of us are ever going to nail the skill of love perfectly in this life. I don't think so. (laughs) I think we as humans are all naturally going to mess it up. We're going to get it wrong. So don't use this as a reason to beat yourself up, to say, oh, I'm not very good at loving. I'm not good at this, so I... I'm not a great person. I'm awful. I'm horrible. They don't deserve this. Da, 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 da. Don't use this to love yourself less. I think part of developing this skill of being able to love is being able to choose to love yourself even when you get it wrong, even when you aren't perfect at loving others, when you, you struggle with loving your partner sometimes is can you love yourself anyways? And not expecting perfection from yourself at all because we're going to mess it up. We're not going to get it right. And so have grace and compassion with yourself. Like we are learning this skill. Malcolm Gladwell talks about how becoming a master of any skill takes 10,000 hours. What if becoming a master of loving takes 10,000 hours plus. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it definitely takes longer than that. Again, I don't think it's something we can fully perfect in this life, but I think it's something we can grow and we can develop. And it starts with being kind and gentle to yourself, even when you're critical, even when you don't show up as the kind of partner you want to be. But to use this as an opportunity to work on building that skill in some little way of asking yourself, how can I show myself more love right now? How can I practice the skill of loving myself? What can I do to love my partner today? I showed up in this relationship knowing each of us is 100% worthy of being loved. How would things look differently? To imagine showing up in this relationship where you are worthy of love and you don't need to prove it, you don't need to earn it, you don't need your partner to earn your love from you, that the goal of this relationship is for you to practice loving them. 
for your partner to be this opportunity, this person, this object of your affection, this area for you to practice love and to practice giving yourself that same unconditional love. Even when you mess it up, even when you do things wrong, is can you choose to love yourself anyways? And that doesn't mean we get rid of all the negative talk. It doesn't mean we never have any negative feelings. But it looks like practicing kindness and compassion with yourself even when we mess up. Like I think of a baby, even when that baby cries and maybe we feel a little bit annoyed or frustrated, that we still deep down love and adore them. It's more, much more natural for us, I think, with babies and dogs than grown adults. But it's because it requires a whole new level of skill. And that is ultimately what this relationship and this anxiety is an invitation to do. Is to truly learn how to love at a new level. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in today, you guys. You have a beautiful week. We'll talk next week. Bye.